They call me Big L.A. Big Silly. Big Money. Big Billy. When I'm sliding in the mall and you hear me. Hop and slice some of these balls so you feel me. Let me rip it up for cuz in the back. Let me rip it, get a buzz in your hat. I'ma tell you how to cause an attack. Timberland ladies love on the track. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinnon and I'm joined by my co-hosts. Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. How are we doing tonight, boys? Ah, uh, great to be here again tonight. All is well here. Hope everybody out there is doing great, Webb. Yeah, we're here in the Raj. Uh, we've got a uh, early two thousands dance party going on with little LL Cool J, apparently. <laughs> and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get some Nelly hot in here coming up next. Oh, nice, like nice. Song. Yeah, it's nice to kind of take a break from uh, checking Twitter to see where we're at in the election. Uh, see if a couple votes come in in Arizona and Pennsylvania, Georgia. No kidding. So today we're taking a cruise down the West Coast to Richmond, California with a high school hoops classic, Coach Carter. Good afternoon, young man. Are you some preacher, man? Because God ain't going to do you no good in this neighborhood. Leave the gym. I ain't scared of nobody because I'll lay you out. I don't think so. Teachers ain't supposed to touch students. I'm not a teacher. I'm the new basketball coach. He offered them a choice. This contract states that you will maintain a 2.3 grade point average. Between surviving alone... These boys are student athletes. Student comes first. ...and standing together. If one man struggles, the entire team struggles. All you gotta do is have the dream. My wife, Beyonce, she barbecue ribs on the grill. I said dream, not hallucinate. <laughs> Gentlemen, we have six players failing at least one class. We have failed each other. You put a lot on the gym. Are you crazy? Basketball's the only thing that these boys have got. Now, are we going to let Carter take that away from them? Is that we're a team. One player triumphs, we all triumph. We're going to finish what you started, sir. Samuel L. Jackson. I came to teach boys, and you became men. This is our time. Coach Carter. Time for us as a people to start making some change. Well, I don't know about you boys, but it's been a long week, and I could use a pint. I could definitely use a pint. <laughs> All right, well then let's get into our brew review. Ice cold beer! Ice cold beer, yeah? What do we got on tap tonight, Webb? Well, boys, this week we traveled just north of YGK to Perth, Ontario to the Perth Brewery for a pint of their last dual lager. Harkening back to the town's bold traditions of chivalry and honor, this is one refreshing lager that stands tall and shoots straight. Inspired by Canada's last fatal duel over an insult to a young lady where the winner got the girl, this 5.2% lager-style beer is the perfect pairing for any occasion. For more information on this and any of their other great beers and products, be sure to check them out at perthbrewery.ca and give them the follow on social media by following at Perth Brewery. Perth Brewery, wet your thistle. As always, Big League Flicks reminds you to please enjoy responsibly and always ensure you have a safe ride home. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Why don't you kick it off, JR? Uh, first of all, I love Perth Brewery. If you ever have a chance to go up there, uh, what a cool spot. People there are fantastic. That town is fantastic, I love too. the town of Perth. That is a great place. They What's have a that great, old like mill? Is it like they have a mill? cool mill. They have a great little Irish pub in that place. I've gone to many a wedding actually in Perth, and I've had a great time at like their Legion or whatever they have. Um, one more sip. It's two sips. You know the rules. Best thing about Highway Seven, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's refreshing. Highway. That's a good beer. It's a good lager. 
um, kind of know what I'm getting on that. There's nothing crazy that stands out to me. It's just a nice, refreshing, easy-drinking lager um, from a great town, a great brewery. Um, on the side, I like how it says, raise pints, not pistols. It's kind of a cool little uh, slogan they have going on there. Take note, America. Yeah, no kidding. Learn how to count. Um, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, James. No, why don't you give it your rating first? Sure, I can. Uh, I'll don't go put my- me on the hot seat. I know all right. game. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, I'm going to go on my rating 7-8. I really enjoy Ooh, this one. Good. I enjoy the town. I enjoy everything about it and all that goes into making this beer. Well played. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, yeah, it's a nice, easy drinking beer. Perth is a great town. Brings back a lot of memories cruising up Highway 7 there. I'm going to give it, I'm probably going to go 7-2 on this one. That's fair. What do you got, Webb? Yeah, we're in the same boat there, Jim. I'm, it's good. I'm not a huge lager fan to begin with, but uh, it's it's good enough for what it is. I mean, I I don't know if it's any different to me than any of the main style lagers that we've done before. So, yeah, I'm going to go 7-1. Yeah. It's, it's average. It's good. It's refreshing. It does the trick. I just don't I don't love it. Yeah. I like my palates in red wine season, scotches, and dark beers, so it's like, this is a summer beer to me. It is a summer beer for yeah. sure. Great got, summer beer. I it's grabbed good. another couple of their other beers too, so we can try mm-hmm. those out later on. The, yeah. the uh, burning fire sounds like it'll be uh, an interesting little treat. That's the dark lager, right? Yeah, yeah. it's or like a black lager. Black check it lager. Out. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. Right yeah. on. We'll check that one out later, and we'll let you know. Sweet. That'd be great. So as we mentioned today, we're doing Coach Carter, which is directed by Thomas Carter, no relation to Kenneth Carter, who, who it's based on. Distributed in 2005 by Paramount Pictures, they got a 7.3 rating on Internet Movie Database and 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of $30 million and grossed $76.7 million at the box office. Nice little pull in there for them. That's fantastic. Uh, music by Trevor Rabin, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Rob Brown, not our buddy Robbie Brown. Hey, Robbie. <laughs> got fresh basil out back in here. <laughs> Shout out to Robbie Brown. And uh, Rick Gonzalez and Ashanti. So quick movie synopsis. It was based on the true story of Coach Ken Carter. In 1999, Coach Carter returns to his old high school in Richmond, California to revamp the flailing basketball program and instill a winning culture. With tough rules and academic discipline, he succeeds in setting the players on a winning streak. But when their grades start to suffer, Carter locks them out of the gym and shuts down their championship season. When he's criticized by the players and their parents, He sticks to his guns, determined that they will excel in the class as well as on the court. Let's break into our character review here, and let's start out with Coach Carter himself, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, I'm a big Samuel L. Jackson fan. I find he did in this movie a really good job playing a really strong character. He's strong, and his eyes, the intensity that he can bring out of his eyes, I really enjoy in that movie. And I thought with Ken Carter, he did a nice job in this. And he brought along the, the... the authoritarian figure that was much needed for this loose, loose program, essentially. Um, obviously, I know he's based off a real person. I'm just going to go on what I saw in the movie. Um, I love the piece of accountability and bringing that accountability into his program. He's trying to build a program, and obviously he's vested in it because he has you know, a couple of years there. He basically holds all major records of that school. And I think he's an example of somebody who had the opportunity to do kind of what he wanted but stayed in his community and he's a big community guy and in those kind of communities if you have a strong school and a strong high school program of anything a lot of people can rally behind that so i really enjoyed his character i talked about a couple things you know he had some great rants i'm not gonna lie yeah um 
I love the way he named the plays. We talked about that a little later. That's the cool, the yeah. naming the plays is the way you can kind of connect, and he's telling stories. Uh, the demanding of respect. I thought his wife was really cool. I really enjoyed her character too, and the way they played off each other. Um, and again, the point of the community member in a community when a lot of people want out, he basically chose to stay. And he's making a good life for himself, don't get me wrong. But I love how accountable he's holding this and how he's trying Webb to... He's kind of like the father figure, so to speak. But he's a rock in this world and he's not going to enable them one bit. Yeah, I have accountability and integrity when I have words to describe this guy. That's, I mean, everything he lives for, those two words. Um, you know, he, he tries to make players accountable for their actions, both on the court and in the classroom. Um, but he also tries to teach them how to just live with some integrity and live with some honor. Um, you know, just, and, and not towards, not even just towards other people, but towards themselves, right? The, the, the insistence on making them call or refer to each other as sirs um, and, and kind of just paying respect to everyone, trying to teach them how to live life the right way, let alone play basketball the right way, but live life the right way. Um, there's something commendable about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what you said too, JR, about him um, choosing to come back to his community and not only come back, but invest in his community and trying to make it a better place, not just for him, but for his own kids and kids of the future. So, I mean, he's a great character. Um, the man himself. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is a fantastic actor. Huge Raptors fan, by the way. Didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I did a little bit of a deep dive on him on Wikipedia after we decided to do this movie. Big time Raptors fan. And he's also got built into his contracts whenever he does movie that he gets time to go play golf. I'm like, this wow. dude is the nice. best. Big fan. He's also a big buddy of uh, Charles Barkley. So really, yeah, That's huge. Cool. Him and Charles Barkley are big. He goes on those uh, uh, Magic Johnson like massive like three week vacations in the summertime. So, wow, like nice. they go rent a yacht and go and like sail through Italy and that kind of stuff. Like it's what pretty, a time that would what be. What a crew yeah. that would be. Samuel L. Jackson's a pretty cool dude. That's awesome. even with his Kangol hat, James. <laughs> yeah, no, I love Samuel L. Jackson. Like whenever I think of him, I think of the first role that I ever saw him in, which was Coming to America. Do you remember? Oh, right. Wow, of course. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, to me, it was really inspirational. When I was watching this movie, it just made me want to rethink my life and mm. just go out and just like help the community, <laughs> just help people become better humans, like through sport. And I think that's that's a big thing. I really believe in that. And I and I love how this movie captures that. Like he like you mentioned, Webb, he, he has, you know, they he wants people to wear a suit and tie to the game to show up in class and keep a grade point average like it. It makes me think back to when I when I was in college. Playing for George Roll, which shout out to Justin Perron. <laughs> Rolly Perron. Yeah. He, he played for him at Oswego. My, our coach, George Roll, had a lot of things like that. Like we had to, we couldn't wear jeans or a t shirt to class. We had to show up for every class. They checked all our classes. We had to wear basically like slacks or khakis and a collared shirt. And it's a small thing, and people probably thought it was annoying in the beginning, but it, it kind of goes a long way. Like it, you know, go about your day as a professional, and it'll it translate into your grades. It'll translate onto your into your sport that you're playing. And teaching you have pride in yourself. <clears throat> it is a pride thing. And one thing I thought, and I failed to mention, and I've had this said to me before. You know, these guys come from obviously pretty tough backgrounds, etc. You can have things taken away from you, but you can't have education essentially taken away from you if you go get it. Yep. And that's one of those things to think about. You can lose this, lose that, but your education is you. And I mean, what was it? A 2.3 GPA? That's a C plus. So, I mean, that was a good point. We talked about that. He's not asking for the moon here. He's asking for a solid, steady something here. You got to try. Some effort. 
Yeah, he's not looking for 4.0s. He's looking for a 2.3. That's a yep. very reasonable Very reasonable goal. GPA. What is that about a C? It's a C plus. Yeah, there you so go. So it's nothing crazy that he is asking for. <clears throat> yep. No, I thought that was pretty good. Let's move on to Kenyon Stone, played by Rob Brown. I was going to say, probably the unofficial leader of the team. Um, I mean, there's nobody on this team that stands out as a superstar, per se. Um, but he, I think, would probably be thought of as the unofficial leader um and you see that you know when they're having the the news conference outside the gym when he first gets locked out and he's kind of like they're all standing there and they're all talking about how it's bullshit and everything else and he's kind of like nah we did this like this is on us we need to turn things around Mm -hmm. uh again he's a he's a a microcosm i guess in this case of the movie in terms of uh thinking about the the themes of integrity and accountability right in his own life trying to Mm -hmm. to figure out how he's going to navigate this new world as a a young dad or a potential young dad um and go to college and have a girl and and try to figure that situation out in life at best an average basketball player i mean he seems to get pulled off quite a bit to be quite honest so i don't know Mm -hmm. in key moments nonetheless um so i don't know how how talented he actually is but I mean, as a as a character, as a human being, he's a great dude. I thought the care the guy playing him, Rob Brown, did a great job. He's in a couple other um, roles as a basketball player. He's in that Finding Forrester with Sean Connery, I believe. Is he not the main guy? I'd have to double check. I think so. That. I'd have to I double check is. that. Um, so you know, he's he's been around and he's he's a good fit for these types of movies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think he the character himself. He's a pretty honorable guy. He tries to do the right thing, and he works hard and plays hard. Jr. I think a lot of those things basically would be nailed. Um, I had how he kind of evolved a little bit as the as the show went on. He did do some growing up. I had him not, at start kind of like the no guidance, lost high school kid, and his life circumstances kind of forced him to start to essentially man up. Yep. And you could kind of see that along the way. Um, he it doesn't seem like he had much guidance going through, so he's kind of finding things his own way. And basically, through Coach Carter, it seems like he's starting to figure out. Like you talked about the honor code, the the honor factor essentially on here's what I need to do, and you can start to see he's putting education, getting that going. So I think most things you said, Webb, and just a few of those other things, Jamer. Yep, I think he did a great job. I think Rob Brown did a really good job acting as well. You could see mm-hmm. you could see a lot through his eyes. I think he he just had the facial expressions. The eyes are really held this character this guy's dealing with a lot he's he's got a girlfriend that's pregnant he's uh you know he's actually a really good student so he's trying to navigate that whole thing he's yeah. got he can see his future he's got opportunities he um he, you know he maybe doesn't have it as tough as timo or a couple of these other guys that we'll get into but no yeah, he's i really got a good head on his shoulders to begin with he does, he does like and yeah I, I really like this character let's move on to damian carter played by robert richard uh, I like Damien Carter a lot. I thought he was a pretty good, well-rounded kid. He was one of those kids that you thought was going to be this little preppy kid with his nose up. But no, he got dirty. He did a lot of the dirty work. He worked super hard. And you could tell this is like kind of the coach's kid. But this coach, his dad was Coach Carter. And Coach Carter didn't care if you were his kid. He's going to treat you exactly the same way. I kind of like that. And he embraced that. Um, I, la- I thought how he held himself to a standard. Um, he was noble. He did a lot of things. He seemed like a pretty good teammate. He was a freshman. Um, as a freshman, he seemed like he was a bit of the... He kind of knew he still was and kind of went along with it a little bit. Um, he enjoyed a good time at the uh, after the Bay Hill Invitational. <laughs> that was a pretty good scene. That was my favorite scene. Did you not feel great for him? I was so dad? happy for that like, guy. That, guy yeah. that poor kid is living in such a tight household that like 
getting to let loose like that. Good on you, buddy. I yeah. was proud of him in that one. I'm Absolutely. Like, well played, my man. Well, you're doing just fine. Coach right Carter now. had to be a little proud when he saw just him. Slightly. In the, you a little BDE I mean? going on in there. And you're oh, like, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I feel good for you. Yeah. You're getting yours. That's good. So those are some of the main things I had about him. But I, I don't have a ton, but I thought he was just a cool character, good basketball player, and I was pretty happy for him. Yeah, you nailed it. And you know what the thing is, too? The guys on the team love him. Uh, even Worm comes to love him because of the essential hustle factor, for lack of a better term, right? Like he's not a loud talker. He knows he's not, he's a freshman. So he knows he's not a leader on this team, mm-hmm. but he's going to go out and he's going to play hard. He's going to go to bat for his guys. He's going to do everything he can to help this team win. He's going to be the ultimate team guy. Um, and it ends up paying off for him. I mean, it, you know, that goes on to say in the movie that he ends up breaking all his dad's records and all this stuff. So, you know, he is talented, but he never tries to like put himself out there as like, I'm the, I'm the king shit. I'm the best guy on this team. He just plays hard. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you guys nailed it. I don't have much to add with him. He was, yeah, he was a good character. I, I thought that scene where he, he, um, you know, he's obviously his dad did a lot to get him into that prep school and, and he had a vision for him, right? And when he came out with that contract that um, Coach Carter had drafted for the rest of the players, and he had signed it, and he had done the work to uh, unenroll himself or whatever mm-hmm. it was from his prep school to do this, I thought that was a pretty big boy thing for him to do. You know what I mean? That was a pretty mature thing. And I think, do you not think he would also potentially take a big boy ass whipping though? Because <laughs> private schools are not cheap. Ooh, so <laughs> no, no, no. That tuition would be fifty grand. You're working yeah. it off at Carter's yeah. apparel, Sports and Apparel. <laughs> You're lacing up a lot of shoes. Yeah, maybe I don't know if he gets a bit of a refund on that one. But likely not. But who knows? Probably not. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it was. I guess it might have been before the season started or the school year started. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows how that played? There's a couple of things they took liberties with in this movie. And actually, he was the one guy other than Coach Carter that was actually based or that was playing or based on the actual person with the actual name of the character. Mm-hmm. The rest of the players on the team were composites uh, with fake names, but based uh, on real guys. Yeah. Okay. Based on real guys. To his credit, though, he had to probably have thought after that first game that they played when they're at St. Francis. He looked over at the bench. He's like, okay, I'm not getting any playing time I can on play this there. team. <laughs> yeah, I, I can go and play there as a freshman. I get four years there, and I'll be the big fish in the small pond. So True. You would totally think that. Yeah. It's but a good honor move. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point. Let's move on to Timo Cruz, played by Rick Gonzalez. He wears terrible hats in this movie. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Rick Gonzalez is a cool dude. I listened to Rick Gonzalez on uh, an episode of the Talib Kweli People's po- People's Party podcast. Cool. He's a very cool dude. He's done a lot of cool movies and a lot. He's got a lot of cool things going on. Good actor. Uh, he's a really good actor, and he talked a lot about this role and how much he enjoyed this role. Um, Timo, you know, just that kid who's who's scared and looking for somebody to give him some kind of direction, right? And he. He starts to see it in Coach Carter, and then it becomes hard, so his natural instinct kicks in to, to quit and give up, um, and then some kind of tragedy happens, and he realizes, like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I, I, this guy's actually trying to lead me down the straight and narrow, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come, uh, come work for him, and I'm going to really put in the effort to try and get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the scene where he stands up and talks about what his biggest fear is where he finally kind of has that moment of realization like it's just it's such a good one it's such a great line it's very inspirational as you were saying earlier james like you feel for this guy uh and he's a hell of a three-point shooter 
He was a great Hell of a three-point yeah. shooter. He's a good player. That's for sure. I had him down. Very solid player. Um, First of all, he had great Raider hats. Whatever, Webb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, then I had him down as one of the same idea. One of those guys that needs some guidance and love. And in this show, he's probably the most important. He doesn't know how to really show affection. He doesn't know how to take affection either. And that just comes from probably some socialization and things For like sure. that. Um, I had the... Uh, scene after his cousin i think it was who dies and coach carter gives him a hug and just tells him to come inside that was the point where he he, he had broken down he was down now and like he was buying in and i thought that was a pretty good scene in there we yeah. saw carter just show some like love essentially you know come on in nothing just very like some affection to him to a guy that's never really had any done in there it was very dangerous minds with michelle pfeiffer yeah that yeah was on the heartstrings a little bit yeah you know sure. things like the you know to him that joke of where it was funny where he jumped up on jason and had a gun to his head yeah that's the kind of stuff where you're like this guy's in a world of hurt mentally and he's not going to see 20 yep at this rate and if he had gone down that path it, he wasn't happening at age 20 you know those are the kind of things i noticed jim yeah no he's one of my favorite characters in this entire movie i think he did the best other than maybe samuel l jackson did the best type of best acting in this movie as you mentioned, he's a really talented guy, Rick Gonzalez. You start the movie and you just hate the guy, right? He's just that prick. He's he's challenging just the always coach. always on edge. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's very volatile. But then as the movie goes on, you really pull for him and you really like side with him. And you, when you meet people, you don't really know where they're from. And, mm-hmm. and you should never judge people when you first meet them. He's obviously got some, as JR likes to mention, he's got some layers. He does have layers. I think like as you are able to see where this guy's coming from and you can see the stresses he's dealing with in his life like it and I know you guys as teachers have seen it a lot more than I have but I know I've had a couple kids that I've coached where you just want to do anything you can to help get them out of these tough situations mm-hmm. they're in right and just help them get onto a path to a better life and I think uh, as a microcosm Timo represents the growth throughout this movie of this entire team mm-hmm. it's true i got one question though did you not see cruz a little bit at the start of the movie and think of him from old school oh 100 <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's gonna I show mean, up in his floppy-eared ba- uh, bunny suit yeah, or whatever yeah, he, he was wears. trying to be like all bad and school. like super hard and he was but then i'm like i remember you like two years earlier in old school yeah and you wore like a mascot thing yo it's hot in here <laughs> i had a little bit Sorry. that's funny but I will say this: he, of all the players, he, him, and maybe uh, Damien are the only two that could play in like today's NBA game. Yeah, because he'd be a pace and space yeah, guy. He's right? Athletic. He. W- I will say this: I did watch his jump shot pretty closely. Like I rewound it, watch, rewound, rewatch, whatever, a few times. His stroke is a little out there. He doesn't really keep his elbows in very well. There was some ca- crafty camera work to hide Rick Gonzalez's jump shot. Yeah. That's a good point. Hmm. I thought it was hilarious too that he kept pulling up to shoot it when he had like he could take oh, it yeah, to the in hole. transition. Yeah, <laughs> and then he, then he'd look back at Coach Carter after he hit it, and Coach Carter's just like, oh. yeah. That being said, that coach reaction's amazing. He, did, every he did want them to get out and run. So I mean, yeah, yeah you're gonna right. get that if you ask for it. The Coach Carter reaction. That's so many sports for you. Just oh, like, oh, for sure. Don't shoot. Okay, went in. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. I love it. Let's move on to Junior Battle, played by. Oh my god, I'm gonna butcher this. Nana Gibuano. Gibuano, not Gibuano. bad. I don't job, know if that's Jim. actually how you say it, but good job, Jim. Uh, I liked Junior. I like big dude, athletic, talent, a lot of chances. His mom was great. Um, I wondered at the first time I ever saw this movie where I thought 
the modern day when i first saw his mom in the show i was like oh here we go the modern day enabling mom that's gonna do whatever and doesn't like anything then all of a sudden i realized or modern day parent i should say for that matter sorry um then i saw how she said he's out in the car when she went in coach carter's store to try to get him reinstated i was like here we go and then she went to into coach carter's carter's store then came back and said, wait, no, he's in the car. He's coming in. Yeah. And then she was That's ripping good. him outside. I thought that was a great scene. Yeah, that was good. It made me kind of like that. Junior a little bit more, too. And I started to like this guy. really like made you like his mom. I loved that. his mom yeah. after that scene. I'm like, this lady's awesome. Um, I, yeah, all those things. He needs to go to class. He needs that education. That's a big <laughs> one for him because the mom knew that Junior had a chance. And I think Junior finally realized Junior had a chance if he actually played ball and did his thing. Yep. So I think those I are think, things kind of happen. I was going to say, I think mom came to that discovery. I don't know if she necessarily saw that. Like, because mm-hmm. she's also one of the ones in that earlier scene when he's talking about, like, when the, all the parents are on him yes. in this case, that she's very vocal. Um, and then all of a sudden, a junior college is interested in this kid. And all of a sudden, she's like, oh my God, my kid can go to school and mm-hmm. have a future and everything else. So, uh, but yeah, you're right, Jared. Like, she does come to that realization and, and it's good. And I, I love that scene too, just because you, it's like, grandma pulling you by the ear right like get in here and and be accountable um i mean junior solid player i think if anybody's going to be considered the star on this team it's going to be through him right they play a a one and four offense where they just post him down low and everybody else plays out in space Mm -hmm. so you know it he's a great great player that way rebounds plays hell of a defense on ty crane um in terms of like State championship runs through Ty Crane. Yeah, instead, I get. I mean, in terms of depth, that we don't get a whole lot from this kid. He's pretty quiet. Um, yeah, he needs to go to class for sure. I don't know, Jim. Yeah. Yep. No, I don't have anything to add. You guys crushed it. So let's move on to Jeron Worm Willis, played by Antoine Tanner. I had a hard time liking Worm during this movie. Like he's just so mouthy. <laughs> He drives me nuts, kind of. For most of the movie, like he kind of bothered me. I'm not gonna lie to you. I just had a hard time getting you know, mouthy. I had true to his nickname. He was wormy yeah. and slimy. <laughs> he was you know, especially at the start, he's trying to hit on all the girls. I don't know how the Bay Hill girl liked him so much. I don't know, but he. Well, uh, I think she saw, you know, she saw the way he was and thought. Maybe we get some party favors out of this. Or something. Maybe that had to be it. Maybe or she. You might or have she was connect. or she was looking for that. Um, to see if that uh, stereotype is true, maybe. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. And I just had, like, he just lived up to his nickname. I'm sorry. There, there's nothing crazy that stood out to him for me. I don't know. Maybe you guys have more to offer on this one. Who, I wins, don't have a, who uh, wins in a one-on-one game, Worm or Skills from One Tree Hill? Ooh. Worm's more of a distributor. Worm. I'm having, I'm going Worm. Yeah. Worm's more of a, you're going Worm? Oh, Skills for sure. Yeah, I think I'm skills going can score. I'm going, I'm going skills, Worm. Yeah. Skills can sure. Worm will play dirty. Worm, worm's a distributor. Worm will play dirty. He plays tough basketball. Skills, He's going to be really can, fit. Skills can score. Skills takes over the Tree Hill Ravens after he, a little he's bit. He's California of a, fit, not Worm's North Carolina not going to score at the rack. He's not, he's not, a, he's not a, going to score at the rack. Mrs. We, Mrs. Webster is so happy right now that we're yeah. talking about this Worm. This is for you, Mrs. Webster. I'm sorry about Worm after some Coach Carter coaching up. He's winning that. He's going to play scrappy and hard. All right. Yeah. Even though I just said I'm not a huge fan, I'm going with him in this one, though, Worm. I got you. You're going to stick by your Worm, man, boy. Yeah, it's just sil- just greasy. There, I, I got nothing really to add. I mean, there's, again, not a whole lot of depth this character. I think uh, I was doing a little bit of a deep dive on this one in terms of the actors. Mm-hmm. 
He's 30 when he's playing is this he? role. Yeah, he's old. He doesn't even look that old. I know, but he, he he's old considering wow. uh, wow. he's having to run with these guys, and they're all pretty young at this point. Mm-hmm. He's 30 at this point. So, wow. I mean, good on him. Good on you, Antoine Tanner. Yeah. Uh, and way to get out and run. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little wrench in this. I liked Worm. I thought he was important. Yeah? I think Worm... He's a bit of a glue guy. He's a. I was about to say. Okay. He's, okay. he's the glue guy for this team. You don't have Worm, you don't win. That's what I'm saying. You don't get invited to that party either. No. Like, right. Think about Fair it. Enough. Fair like, enough. The, the best time of the year, Like I'm not going to say it's a turning point because they already had their turning point earlier, but you know that was a good bonding point. Like I feel like they're not going to bond and like pull through that academic lockdown without Worm getting them into that party. That was a thing that really kind of helped connect them. And I'll give you that. That's fair. And, we're, and as a basketball player, he reminded me a lot of Rondo. I thought a lot of Rondo in him. He was a good distributor. He had some nice passes. He got the ball to battle. He, he kind of drew the... Rondo's really smart. He though. opened things up. Yeah, it, Worm it, doesn't strike me as a very good defender either. Not a great defender, but on the on offense, I thought he did a really good job of facilitating. Is he an agitator like Rondo? Yeah, he's a, he's he's a chirp pretty artist. agitated. He was he, chirping the whole game. Yeah. yeah, I liked him. Right. I really liked Worm as a character, and he had some of the best. Good. He had some of the best one-liners in the entire movie. I thought. He did. Yeah, he had some good. Like lines. when we get into the quotes, I got some Worm quotes. That yeah. I loved. I'm not a fan, but he is. He does win that, and he cuts he the tension. He cuts the tension, and when you have a coach battle. like Coach Carter, who's teaching and doing it and instilling that, keeps things light. Keep things light yeah. when you need it, because yeah, Coach okay. Carter's not going to keep things light. You sold me, Jim. You yeah, sold I me. like Worm. He's no. my boy. It's not for me. <laughs> not changing i'm gonna get into let's jump into jason lyle played by channing tatum so this was like a break breakout for channing tatum was this like one of his first ones yeah this is i don't know if it was his first this is movie. the only reason females will watch this movie yeah <laughs> yeah he's got his shirt off of he's okay abs. looking in this one i'm not gonna lie yeah. uh i had him down i thought he was did a good job um yeah for the especially for the especially sorry for the first kind of role he had i had that he was a sweet rapper in the hallways um, <laughs> he seemed like a good teammate. Um, do the way he wanted to do the push-ups for Cruz. I think he just played a role as a big physical guy out there. He's I'd, Johnny Hustle. Yeah, there wasn't a duel there. There wasn't a ton for me to him. He's you know he's angry. He needs same idea. Needs guys just like the rest of them. But overall, I mean, he was great. He was fine. And yeah, he was good looking, and he served his purpose. I think at the start of this one, Magic other, Mike. Other than <laughs> Magic Mike. Other than Damien, I think he in the like the kind of credit scene there where they're talking about like where they go afterwards right he's the one that has the most success other than damien i think um yeah, i think so yeah. he was personable yeah he was personal he's a terrible basketball player oh he's never he's good. awful oh. uh can't even remember girls names uh <laughs> and betty bella. Bella. bella oh yeah uh, 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 yeah i don't know i don't have a whole lot to add on him he just he, He's there for eye candy, I think, and that's yeah. pretty it. There's not a whole lot going on there in terms of not depth. a lot of. He's made a not, lot of money. He's, being he's Johnny Hustle in terms of the basketball skills, uh, and that's about it. Played some pretty good defense. Yeah, he. I don't have much to add. Just like he didn't have much to add to this movie, to be honest. What do you got, Jr.? Um, some more? Bef- just no. Before we wrap, like any other characters, one other character thing I wanted to put out there was I wanted to give a shout out. To all the random extras that were in a bazillion scenes that had no lines. Did you guys notice that? Like, how many Like extras? the white kid on the bench? The oh, white yeah. kid on the bench? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. These guys did fantastic. I feel like he's been in sh- movies, too. I wanted to look him up. 
He's there all the time. He, he doesn't have one line in the whole thing, but he's in a lot of scenes just he's standing a, there, like, blankly staring. Whose friend is he? I was he's gonna, somebody's friend. Yeah, I was going to wait on this one, too, but it, since we were there, I'm going to give a shout-out to Clyde, because if Clyde was counting ballots right now, we would have had this uh, elected <laughs> election over and announced. Like, that guy could keep track of stats like nobody's business. Like, good. Clyde, you would have Biden in, in office right Somebody now. Somebody send him to Arizona. Let's go. Holy cow. Let's jump into Kyra, played by Ashanti. How are you now? Kyra was a beautiful female who was smart, driven. I thought she did a really good job playing that character. Very mature. Yeah. I thought she was a really good character. Yeah. She had a huge, obviously, the life decisions she had to make and the decisions of like the weight of them. Great auntie too, right? Great auntie. Caring. uh, Legit. She wanted her education as well. And she had goals. I thought she was a really good character in the show. I liked it. And those are the main things I'll say about that. Um, great great job. dancer. Great dancer. Great job and oh, a dancer. beautiful human being. Yeah, the one thing I was reading when we were doing some research about this was, I don't know if it was your notes, James, or somebody else's I read that basically they talked about how important uh, her character was yeah. to the storyline and just bringing that uh, realism aspect to being a young mother and the decisions that you need to make and go through. So it's huge. Yeah, it's really, it, I mean, again, it speaks to like bigger themes in this movie that kind of stand out, right? About the idea of persevering and the, the idea of having integrity and value and respect for yourself. And there's lots of those uh, things you could look at. So, I mean, she's a key character for all those and she's easy on the eyes. So I really enjoyed her character a lot. Yeah, she's great. I don't have much to add to that. Let's uh, talk about notable other notable characters. Does anybody else stand out to you? Ty Crane was awesome. We talked about him quickly. Oh, yeah, Ty Crane was Ty was Crane. <laughs> he was it's that guy. big shot, yeah. Oh yeah, he was great. With that, what do you do? The old stop and step. Yeah, he did a little stop and then pull up and then kind of faded away on his pull up. It was uh, nothing but net too. Just I will <laughs> say this: the one the one line that I really like of Ty, Ty Crane is where he says, "There's only one Ty Crane, and he's not the next LeBron. Suck it, LeBron!" <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Loser. Loved it. Even though he's before LeBron, but yeah, I have nothing else uncharacterized, Jamer. Um, I, I I wanted to give a shout out to the principal Principal Garrison, played by Denise Douse. Hmm. Not a fan of her. Again, Not at all. No, she was never had his back, really. Lazy. Maybe at the end she doesn't vote. It, she votes in his favor, but, like, Coach Carter had a really good point about, like, what are we doing here? Like, what's our what's our focus? What's our mission? Keep kids in basketball, or are we trying to get these kids graduated and off to college? So I thought that, I think she was meant to be a, a villain in this, so to speak, or uh, that type of character. So, yeah. She did a good job. The actress did a great job, Denise Douse, but. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Mrs. Uh, Willa Battle, who who played uh, Octavia Spencer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Act- Academy Award winner Octavia yeah. Spencer. Very very good actress. This is going to be one of her kind of breakout. Pretty early too, I would think. It's pretty early in her career, and obviously she's had an amazing career since this. Mm-hmm. And she's been in. And actually, I forgot she was in this movie when I went back and watched it. Mm-hmm. When I watched, it, I'm like, wow. It's a pretty wow. big cast. Octavia Spencer's in this one. Yeah, she was really good in this one. I thought she did a great job. Um, let's jump into some of our quotes here. Any quotes stand out for you guys? I had a couple. I had one when uh, Coach Carter, a couple kids were talking back. He said, this ain't the debate team. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. That's good. Um, The importance of, we've all talked about this, uh, the student athlete 
like student first, athlete second. We always yeah. say that, you know, you can't whoever. Well, if Notre Dame can suspend you, then you can get suspended off your high school team too for violations. There's a bunch of them. Uh, Fresh Prince, tell your uh, tell your man Fresh Prince to find his mansion. I thought that was pretty funny. I think it was Kenyon who said that yeah. to uh, Damien or something when he first came. Uh, the last one was, Jamer, you will know this one. I kind of equated this to back in the day in minor hockey. Report to the baseline. That means the old bag skates about <laughs> the old to come. Bag skates coming, yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. Those were the, some of the quick ones that stood out to me. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I had once, kind of in the same vein, Jr. Uh, push up or shut up uh, when they're on the baseline doing the suicides. I Don't make me commit homicide. I said suicide. Yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, nor is it the debate team, sir. That was a great one. Um, yeah, there was most of mine were from him. Um, the party ones were pretty funny with Damien talking about going in the the jumping into the pool there yeah. like it was pretty funny and then just dad showing up get your ass out of the pool then whatever uh worm coming out like I, I was under the bottom actually or whatever yeah. <laughs> i was on the bottom actually like there were some great funny comedic moments there but yeah, yeah most of them were those i had uh one where coach carter says uh you shooting the ball what's your name and it was jason lyle he goes jason lyle but i ain't no sir and coach carter goes oh so you're a madam yeah <laughs> and everyone laughs, laughs. And Coach Carter says, uh, I ended up taking a road trip to the suburbs before I find my drunk-ass point guard on top of Daddy's Little Princess. And then Worm goes, actually, I was on the bottom, Coach. She was on the top. Yeah. <laughs> As you were mentioning, Webb, that was the line. It was a good one. <laughs> it was awesome. And then there was like kind of that powerful one between Principal Garrison and uh, Coach Carter uh, where she says... Uh, you know, this is all they have. Like the, the mm-hmm. basketball is uh, some of the most uh, important thing they have in their life. I find your methods extreme. And he says, uh, or she says, so you take away basketball, the one area in their lives where they have some success, and then you challenge them academically. And Coach Carr's like, yes, ma'am. And then, and then they fail. And then what if they fail? And he's like, well, then we failed. And then she's like, unfortunately, Mr. Carter, both you and I know that for some of these kids, this basketball season is going to be the highlight of their lives. And he says, well, I think that's the problem, don't you? And that's just such a powerful thing, right? Like mm-hmm. That's part of the huge message. And we've said this about a couple of our movies. It's not necessarily – it's it's more of a movie about that struggle in life and coming of age than it is a basketball movie, really. Right? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's the sure. great thing about all sports movies yeah. and sports in general. It's the real-life skills that they yeah. teach you, right, about how to be a, a stand-up human being. And that's kind yeah. of what gets lost, and we see it, like, in, in here in Canada, we see it with hockey and the nut job parents that get into it, and they are so focused on kids making the NHL, and it's like, do you know how much these kids can benefit from playing sports? Yeah. Like sports teaches you so many valuable life lessons and uh, things that transition into your professional life and your life as a friend, a father, a mother, a yeah. sister, a brother, whatever. Like it, it, it's just such so important, right? And that's the blinders come on pretty fast too, don't they? Right, and absolutely. The amount of time, money, etc. You all you cut that kind of gets lost, I think, on what you're actually gaining out of this. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Well, let's jump into some little known facts. So. The movie Coach Carter is a 2005 film based on the 1998-99 basketball season of the Richmond High School Oilers in Richmond, California. So a lot of the depictions of the players were grossly exaggerated for Hollywood. Richmond Junior Varsity coach at the time, Daryl Robinson, said, Hollywood missed it by a country mile. The kids buying drugs and shooting people, that never really happened. These kids were a good group of kids to begin with. They weren't troublemakers. There was none of that. So, I mean, that, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. You're going to play it up a little bit for Hollywood. Yes. 
So I'll give them a pass on that. When Ken Carter was asked to, who should play him in the movie, he wrote down one name, Samuel L. Jackson. Nice. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. yeah. It's perfect, right? Like, yeah. I thought, I can't imagine. Like, we do this with our other movies, right? I can't think of anyone else playing this role. I'm going to literally start saying, I want motherfucking steaks on the motherfucking plane just so, Samuel, <laughs> just so Samuel L. Jackson can play me in a biopic someday. Yeah. Like, it, it's That's amazing. Funny. He's just perfect. Yeah. He's perfect for this role. Yeah, he is. <clears throat> Uh, the, the real life Ken Carter was on set every day as a consultant, which is pretty sweet. Uh, he said that Samuel L. Jackson's portrayal of him is about 98.5% accurate. 98.5. He was a statistician, right? In the movie, how he's brought oh, up yeah, the stats, of course. right? So. so apparently Ken Carter fought with the studio over the filming, the film's ending. The studio wanted to change the real life ending to have Richmond win the state championship. And he was adamant that he didn't want that to kind of be the, the cheesy ending for it. Oh, that's, that's good. good. I yep. actually, that's one of the, I'm, one of my notes about why I enjoy this movie is because yep. they didn't win. Yeah, I like that. And I, I like that about um, Friday Night Lights as well, which we'll do eventually on here. It was realistic. That's what happened. They didn't yeah. win. And, that, and there's a lot to be learned from losing. Yes, I've absolutely. always felt that, right? And especially if you're trying to sell a movie about learning all these values in life and how to be a... Outside of the basketball being. game. Yeah. So yeah. You're, these kids are going to learn more from that than anything. So the school principal in real life actually supported the lockout. The studio changed this fact because it sold better for the movie and people like conflict. Of course. Kind of makes sense, right? I kind of thought that was strange. I'm like, throughout this movie, I kept thinking, I'm like, I feel like this principal wouldn't be like going again. Like usually the the, the sports coach isn't the one trying to talk the principal into being education's more important. Pushing academics, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I, I did think that. So when I read that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. They're more interested in the craft services table (laughs) 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 and the weight training facility. Jumbotrons. Yeah. So Ty Crane in the movie, uh, he actually, because he's a fake character, right? He's not, that's not based on Ty Crane in real life, but he's actually based on an actual player that was a dominant force in 1998-99 season in, in California, and that was actually Tyson Chandler. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big man, right? Yeah. yeah. He's a big dude. When I read that, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That would be Tyson Chandler. It makes sense. He was a stud in he, high school. I remember reading about him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's huge, dude. Big dude. Hell of a defender. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. saw him in the playoffs this past year. He played for uh, Houston. He was on some team. Yeah, he got picked up by Houston. Yeah. He yeah. is a big man. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's a great NBA career. Great, great career. A lot yeah. of longevity for him. Yes. He's bounced around a lot, but a lot of longevity for he that was, guy. Uh, he was NBA Defensive Player of the Year at least once. Yeah, with Phoenix, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, JR, about uh, T- uh, Channing Tatum. This actually was his feature film debut. Okay. I wondered that. Yeah. Makes sense. He's gotten He's better young. since then. Yeah. This was before the dancing. This is before Magic Mike. Magic Mike. <laughs> What's the other one? He did Jump some. Streets. He did, yeah. 21 Jump Streets. Jump funny They're hilarious. <laughs> good. I like They're him. Good. They're He's good. funny. One strapping it. <laughs> he pulls comedy off well. He can do He's comedy. Crazy. He does. Yeah. He does. He could be the next Billy Hoyle. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. I had him as my Billy Hoyle. I That's like a good him. pick. He is. He's gotten better as an actor, and I like him. He's good. Uh, Corey, so our boy, choreographer Mark oh. Robert Ellis, turned down Friday Night Lights 2004 to do this film. So he worked on a lot of the football movies in the past when he wanted to do a basketball movie to shore up his resume. I thought, I thought oh, we'll get into That's the commendable. Realism. Yep. But it's our boy. We got to give a shout out to Mark Robert Ellis. 
He did a good job on this one. Yeah, yeah I thought he did totally. too. Uh, the gameplay was tailored to fit each actor's strengths and weaknesses. So I thought that was an interesting bit. So they basically, once they got the cast in play and who they're going to work with, they did they tailored the gameplay with what they could work with. That's pretty mm. good because a lot of times they do the opposite, right? They try to choreograph everything based on what they think, and then sometimes the actors don't pull it off. It's a smart strategy. Yeah, that's our boy. That's Mark Robert Ellis. That's what he does. It's yeah. true. He doesn't drop the ball. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Try the prime rib. Don't forget to tape your, tip your weight. <laughs> he has oh. a sweatshirt with a hood on hey, this yo. week, folks. <laughs> well, you guys chirped me so much. I felt, you know, I felt pretty insecure. I put a hoodie on. It has strings in it and everything. <laughs> Should I tie them in a bowl? That'd be a little bit daddish. Uh, amazing. Uh, so this was the first sports movie to you. This is, I don't even know what this is. Three, <laughs> 3D digital mapping technology. Do you, like That just I, sounds made up to me. Super Nintendo Chalmers put that one together. Yeah, we used uh, you know, 3D digital mapping there. and uh, We took a film class. Is that what they do? I don't know what that means. That wasn't in our film class. I was eating greasy doogies in the back. (laughs) Is that what they do when they make the video games or they put all those little balls on the guys and they make them run around? Let's go go with that. Oh, yes. (laughs) Done. that suit on Marshall Falk or whatever. Remember Marshall (laughs) Falk used to wear it? Oh, yeah. So apparently they used it to help choreograph the plays and figure out where to put the cameras. Oh, sure. Someone out there can maybe tell us. Yeah, I don't know anything about that when he saw the movie ken carter said the basketball scenes looked extremely real that's a nice shout out i guess that 3d digital mapping technology worked. man that sounds good though yeah give me a new term yeah so channing tatum had never played basketball before so webb you pointed that out you picked that off off the map pretty quick he looks pretty out of it most i mean all the scenes you see him he's never actually shooting the ball that's uh, true. He's never actually yeah. like dribbling the ball. Really, he kind of hangs on to it. You see him like hustling for plays. You Defending. see him trying to throw a ball in, but he never actually like scores. Yeah, it's a good point. Somehow gets a scholarship though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the actors had to go through a rigorous three-week basketball camp before the movie was shot. The actors ended up training for up to twelve hours a day. That seems a bit extreme. Whoa. It's a little bit much. Coach Carter extreme. I yeah. find it hard Again. to believe that they never played basketball. I think some of the kids did. You would have to. I Even think some if of the you're actors playing did. like just like JV varsity, like something, like yeah. Yeah. rec league. Like you got to know what a pick and roll is, or what a screen and and a, a cut error, and oh, like, yeah. like little things like that. You would be able to figure it out. I would say that definitely Damian Carter and Kenyon. They look like they'd played. Yeah, they for sure looked. And Worm looked like he was pretty smooth too. Well, and I mean, all three of those guys have had basketball roles in the right. movies. This isn't the first bat. Like no. they're they've got a little bit of a Dwayne Davis kind of with football as they do with basketball. Mm-hmm. So the actors had to learn about 70 plays. The plays had a lot of passes and and picks to emphasize the theme of teamwork. So that was kind of what they were going for. Team yeah, like. a lot of motion offense in the half court for sure. Yeah. Just running high pick and rolls and high uh backdoor cuts and screens. It was easy. Yep. Makes sense when you don't have a ton of talent. That's what you want a lot of movement. So Samuel L. Jackson says this that he really liked, and you had mentioned this earlier, Webb. He really liked Kyra's storyline because it shows that having a baby is a really big responsibility. This was to disprove the notion that a baby is not going to be a little doll, like a lot uh, a lot of girls think that he or she will be. So yeah. That that yeah. It's good. I mean, we're all parents, and we know how hard it is to raise children, so. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And at this time, obviously, Samuel L. Jackson 
was the father, so he knew that. Most of the players in the film are composite characters of the actual players. Some players actually went on to become very successful. So some of the actual players from the 98-99 Richmond High School basketball season, one of them, Courtney Anderson, who became an NFL tight end, played for the Oakland Raiders. Yes. Detroit Lions and Atlanta Falcons from 2004 to 2007. That's so pretty cool. Zero winning franchises. Ah! I know. I know. I know. You uh, could probably play for San Francisco now. Well, now, yeah. I mean, we've got a high school football team out there now. Yeah, I think Matt Saracen's starting to do <laughs> that. That's amazing. Texas forever, baby. Yeah. I got him from uh, the Tasty Freezer. He works at Yogan Fruz or whatever it's called. But Julie won't let him out. Oh. <laughs> You gotta get back for grandma. Help yeah, her grandma out. Harrison you get, needs You can make a couple sandwiches for grandma. <laughs> <laughs> She's busy watching her programs. <laughs> programs. <laughs> Senior Captain Chris Gibson attended Tulane and became a New Orleans businessman, while another 1999 graduate, Wayne Oliver, went to Cameron University and later played basketball overseas. That's pretty cool. Yeah, sweet. Nice. Two other players, Marvin Miranda and Kao Sacheo, attended uh, UC Berkeley, and another, Lionel Arnold, attended and played football at Humboldt State. Damian Carter, who actually was a character that they brought into this movie and like based it, because obviously Coach Carter had a kid on the team. Uh, so he was actually real, and he did attend West Point, but later transferred to a college in California. Like UC Berkeley would be a good go. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be that would cool. be a great I, time. I love California. It's just oh, Although it's if you're living in Richmond, that's not that far. Yeah, but Berkeley's Berkeley. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good own. life. You could. You have the potential to have a really good life. That's true. Oh, hell yeah. Great school, great place. Yeah. Great, great place to go to school for these kids. Yeah, for sure. So overall, every student, this is amazing. Overall, every student who played for Coach Carter from 1997 to 2002 graduated from Richmond. Every one of them. Nice. Uh, which otherwise has a really high dropout rate. Additionally, all the players from the 98-99 season, including those who had failing averages uh, that prompted the lockout, attended four-year universities or community colleges. Wow. I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. All right, boys, let's jump into our realism review. Okay, I got a few things. Um, The crane kid was unreal. That was pretty awesome. How wicked he was and how he as based on uh chandler i thought that was pretty cool uh the tough cali town in that area up north of oakland that can get pretty tough over there so you know they portrayed that town to be and they did a good job of it seeming seemingly to be pretty tough 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 living so to speak um the need for discipline uh the low pay of the job how the coach's job what did he get like a thousand dollars stipend or something like that that was very like american public school system where there's just nothing's flowing through at that point i mean if it's not texas football essentially you're not making much money and no one's getting paid a whole lot um i had other real things uh like we talked about earlier some of the crazy entitled parents um that from that meeting we the uh, the meeting with the lockout we saw some of that going on the parents actually having to be parents at some point and having to be hard and finally realizing like i like we talked about with a junior's mom that you know finally someone having a realization 
Uh, the coach at practice and like some of the terms he's using, I thought that some of the things he was saying in terms coming out of his mouth sounded like basketball terms, and he sounded like the intensity that he brought it with made it sound like it was a legit practice in a high school gym. I also had the high school gyms. Their gym seemed very high school-like. It was very realistic of a tough inner city high school gym, even that dimly lit or like the floor and things like that. I kind of noticed that, fellas, where I'm like, that's a real floor where it's not like a you know way, no way that would happen. A few other things I just had for some of the fake stuff. I mean, the hour and seven minutes of suicides. That's a long time. That is an insanely long time. Nobody's moving the next day. Nobody's moving the next day. Uh, Your hands on cruise. I don't know how that would fly in modern day times. I'm going to leave some of the basketball scenes to you, Webb. But I am going to end on this one. The big bad drug dealer with all the money. He's driving an Nissan Altima. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a wonderful car. I'm going to get a, if you're a low level drug dealer at this point, pal, because you're driving a Nissan Altima with some sick rims, but it's an Ultima. It's a very like just normal mom car. Honestly, fellas, I know I, I got to be real on that one. That one stood out to me. So those are some of the major things I have. Uh, fire away, Webb. All right. I was going to say basketball wise, uh, I think this film does actually a pretty decent job. Um, the one thing that I really liked that, that what they did is they basically took, took plays and took ideas that you would institute as a coach for a team that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of talent and made that a reality. So you're going to get your guys, okay, we might not be the most prolific scorers on our team. We don't have guys that can get their own shot or create things. So we're going to run a simple motion offense that's going to basically just work on a lot of cut and a lot of movement so that guys will create opportunities for guys. Something is always being created for somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's always hopefully an open shot. I like the fact that because we're going to be a run and gun team and we're going to be in really good shape, we're going to play a lot of press defense. We're going to play a lot of full court man to man. We're going to really, really get up and challenge shots. Um, so that was really, really well done in terms of uh, how they scripted that. And I don't know if that's the real coach Carter and what his mindset was. I'm going to assume it was based on how close he was uh, tied to the, the movie, yeah. um, which is good. And I mean, that's kind of basketball fundamentals 101 when you got kids who maybe aren't the most talented but are who are super athletic and who are super uh ready to kind of rev the engine and and get out there and run for you the things that i thought were kind of i'll say a little far-fetched were some of the opposing coaches strategies so like that first game with ty crane you're up 20 something that kid's not in the game and if he is that kid's getting knocked on his ass if he's dunking on my team like that i'm telling my guys go out there and swing on him um, sorry, maybe not swing on him, but put him on his butt. Give him the old Bill Lambert. Bring some Jordan. physicality. Give him a little Jordan Rules treatment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he's not in the game. The game that they play at the Bayview Invitational or whatever that they end up losing, Cougars are up six. You're telling me, Coach, you don't have a timeout to call when your team starts to come unraveled uh, and, and Richmond starts making that comeback. Like, you call a timeout there. You settle the boys. You say, okay, slow we're going gonna to slow it down. We're going to run this. Um, so just some of that was like, it seemed a little far fetched at moments, mm-hmm. but then I remember like, as always, like these are movies, they're supposed to be entertaining, uh, and you want that team that you're cheering for to win. So whatever it, it, it was what it was. And I think I talked a little bit about, you know, Cruz's jump shot. Um, they didn't really show a whole lot of like legit scoring. There was a lot of, you know, dunking. There was a lot of, um, wide open looks, um, so, and again, those can all be manipulated. There wasn't anything that was like real set plays, high pick and rolls, anything like that. 
Um, but it was entertaining. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I, I think there's other parts of the movie that were probably over the top and overdone, but you know, it was enjoyable. Jim. Oh, you guys nailed a lot of that. Um, I'm just going to mention like, find me a movie without that has our boy Mark Robert Ellis as a consultant that doesn't have good <laughs> you know like pretty pretty for the most part pretty good yeah. gameplay yeah yeah like for they sure. do a pretty good job that's what I think I actually that. was sitting there talking to my wife at one point saying I just wish they would do a wide shot at one point just so that I can see how they're setting the guys up like some yeah. of the defense especially right like the when they're playing like I, I forget what it was like Delilah or who's whoever the sister was that was a huge pain in the ass that oh bossed them around and pressed them all yeah, yeah when they're pressing the them that. and just like just watching oh. to see how they played the trap defense because that's been Delilah yeah that it, that's or Bonnie or ben, I can't I remember I can't remember if what you don't have that either. though you don't have uh, TRX triple wide uh, 3D mapping technology that's with right. a quarter twist I mean <laughs> hey with <a> revolutionary. <laughs> With a side of coleslaw. Super no, Nintendo Chalmers, <laughs> executive producing. There you go. Let's jump into the uh, soundtrack. So music was composed by Trevor Rabin. Rabin is a South African musician, singer, songwriter, producer, and film composer. After moving to Los Angeles in 1981, Rabin gained prominence as the guitarist in the progressive rock band Yes from 1983 to 1995. Oh, their, wow. first, yeah, their first album, 90125, Released in 1983, remains their biggest selling album and contains their signature hit, Owner of a Lonely Heart. Remember that tune? Oh, great tune. <laughs> great tune. I may throw it on later. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Google, play Owner of a Lonely Heart. That's a great tune. I'm not going to lie, I did put it on after I read that. Of course you did. It's a great song. Uh, Raven became a prolific uh, film composer and has since scored over 40 films, most notably his frequent collaborations with producer Jerry Bruckheimer, one of our boys that was on oh, the, yeah. our last movie, Top Gun, or, jeez, I called it Top Gun. <laughs> uh, Days of Thunder, including Armageddon, Enemy of the State, Gone in 60 Seconds, Remember Ooh. the Titans, Ooh. Bad Boys 2, Glory Road, and Hot Rod. Do you guys remember the, do you remember the soundtrack of Hot Rod? It was a Hot great Rod. soundtrack. That's yeah. right. Had a lot oh, of Europe on no. it. Some other stuff. It was good. Oh, uh, good so, movie. So Raven has uh, won numerous awards, including 11 BMI awards. And in 2017, Raven was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Yes. Cool. Wow. What do you boys think of the soundtrack? Uh, I, I didn't mind it. Um, I like some of the music on there. I like DMX at the start. Um, I was The game. Some Faith Evans yeah. I heard. And then I liked the uh, little John, the get low at the dance. I love get that. Low, get low, that get was low. what made me think about the bar back in the day in the early oh, yeah. 2000s. And uh, I guess it was our time maybe to go frequent those establishments. Yep. It's been a while, but uh, overall it was fine for After me. After the Queen's Pub. There you go. That's right. <laughs> uh, overall it was fine. I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was great, Bob. It's it, this one's a tough one for me because there is the nostalgia piece of like being in my younger youth days of going to the bar and listening to some of these tracks, um, and there's some really good acts on this soundtrack, right? Like you got Alicia Keys, who's fantastic. You got um, Gangstar, who is one of my favorite all-time hip-hop acts. You got LL Cool J, you've got uh, DMX, like you mentioned, JR, you've got some Pharrell and, and um, NERD, and you've got, you know, just a bunch of different uh, artists that maybe you wouldn't necessarily have all on one soundtrack. I just, there's something about the song Choices for me that doesn't sit well. So 
these kids live again. This is all to me. You have to to be authentic to the area that you're living in. Again, how you're not going to have anything from the Bay Area on this soundtrack is kind of a little beyond me. Not even the Bay Area. There's not much in terms of West Coast hip hop on this mm-hmm. album. Um, so I find it very kind of hard to believe that these kids would not be listening to any of that, even at their high school dance. Like you couldn't have thrown on something. That uh, preview that you played in the beginning, Jamer, they had Tupac changes on there. That doesn't make one iota of a, nope. a, a, no, an appearance in this movie. No. So like they expanded. I, yeah, <laughs> like that just got thrown on there last minute, and whether or not they got uh, some kind of actual like licensing after the fact, who knows. Um, the other thing that kind of struck me is kind of how are you not going to have an Ashanti album or record on this? I was thinking that on too. this soundtrack. Yeah. She's that was in one thing the movie. Good and she had some yeah. good bangers too. She oh my god! You throw on any of those her and Ja Rule tracks from the early two thousand, and you're you're kind of golden there. So I mean, that was the only thing that kind of stuck out to me. There's some really good songs on here, like that we were talking about the Anthony Hamilton track coming from where I'm from. Like perfect song Great for. Song. Um, the kind of intro scene to car to that we get to see with Coach Carter and he's cruising in the car and kind of just like sets the tone really well for his character and what he's going to be about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. And then the closing song with the credits, the hope, um, mm-hmm. the with like CeeLo and Twista, like it's just a very upbeat kind of hip hop song, if you will, kind of a good inspiring message. So you know, uh, very turbulent times in the states would be a good one for for right mm-hmm. about now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know. I liked it, but I mean, again, I just thought they missed some opportunities there where there could have been some better song choices. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add. Do you, JR? Nope. I'm all good. All right. Let's move into our movie wrap up. So, where does this movie rank among all time basketball movies? And where do you have it among all time sports movies? Okay. So, we were talking before we started uh, recording today, and I was talking to you guys about some basketball movies. And it's a good point. Thanks for some of the points you guys brought up. I had it at one, uh, had it at one number in my mind, sorry, and then I had to adjust it a little bit after we talked and we went through some more. Uh, I'm going to drop it down to number eight for basketball movies. Um, and just because I kind of forgot how many there really are out there when we were talking about it before recording. Uh, overall, I have it in the top 30 for me somewhere. Eight as a basketball, 30 overall for me. I really enjoyed the movie though. I'll watch it again at some point. Not for a little bit, obviously, but I will watch it again. I, I could, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about this movie. And it's, it's a solid flick, Web. It's a solid rewatchable. Um, I, basketball movies... Uh, I'm going to put it just roughly, like again, I'm not as uh, up-to-date as Jamer is in his list, so I'm going to say it's probably around J jr you kind of probably nailed it it's probably around s- anywhere between seven and nine for me in terms of basketball movies uh overall sports movies uh, in my top 50 maybe yeah maybe i'd have to go through and do a really good in-depth list mm-hmm. but i think it might just crack the top 50 you know you guys know i'm a list guy right you're a list guy i'm a list guy <laughs> you get a list so uh, I've got it at six on my list. For basketball For movies. For basketball movies, sorry. That's a fair spot. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's some good ones above it. There's a couple good ones behind it. So I've got it at six. And top 50, I've got it just at the back end, maybe even just outside my top 50. Yeah. Right around there. It seems, there, it seems reasonable. There. There's mean, some there's... tough, like, once I made this list, I realized how many really good movies there are. It's hard to make your top 50. But it's, it's right at the back end of my time. It's there. funny because I, I've noticed a trend with some of the basketball movies, right? Like there's not as much um, 
they focus so much more on the character development in basketball movies than they do in some of the other sports movies, right? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to really rank them in terms of the actual basketball content. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot. <laughs> and there's also way more basketball documentary type movies than there are actual like like, fiction. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to put Hoot Dreams, but it's like we can't put documentary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we like, again where those fit in comparison like where they yeah. fit in terms of movies i don't know like that that's a conversation for later on down the road when we do it's its own it's its own thing it's not really a sports movie it's a documentary it's like yeah. an, you know and i mean documentaries thing. we can go down a rabbit's hole oh, for a yeah. long God, time yeah. oh yeah we'd be, we'd 30 for 30s mm-hmm. alone yeah, yeah of course well We've been kind of doing this with the last few episodes, and I think it's kind of fun. We enjoy doing it each time, and I hope everyone enjoys listening to this. But uh, in homage to J.J. Redick and the Old Man and the Three, we're going we're gonna to kick off a draft this week as well. And our draft topic is going to be biggest college studs that turned into the biggest NBA duds. So college studs that turned into NBA duds. Um. Want me to kick it off, Webb? Do I get well, first pick? You seen how you've lost every draft up oh, until yeah. this point, James? You I can have like over. We're gonna get. We're gonna give you first overall <laughs> pick here. Jr. is gonna go next. I'll bring up the rear. It's just like a score in darts. He's oh. over. Oh. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. I don't want a dart I game in his life. I don't, I don't appreciate getting picked on. I got, I got feelings. <laughs> it's true, you've been ripped off of the sweatshirt, <laughs> and I don't like the pressure that Webb put on tough me. Tough pod for Jamer right now. <laughs> it's a tough one. Dude. We've already decided on. this, folks. There's only one logical choice for this. I don't if, like this. If Jamer gets this wrong, Jr. and no, I are gonna it's true. roast. We you. said that to right before we recorded. Like, there's one guy. Yeah. There's one guy you have to pick with the first overall pick. Okay, Webb's putting pressure on me. I don't appreciate it. You're on the clock. I think he's playing some some mind games. He's playing some Trumpian mind games on me. (laughs) 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 All right. So I do. I get first pick. So I'm going to pick a guy who was an NCAA co-player of the year, Oscar Robertson award winner, two-time first-team All-American, drafted third overall ahead of Rajon Rondo, Kyle Lowry, Paul Millsap, and and our boy J.J. Redick. He averaged seven points per game and two rebounds per game over four seasons in the NBA, but he did win two NBA rings with the Lakers. I'm going with Adam Morrison from Gonzaga. Good job, Jamer. You got the right pick. You got the right pick. Right. Well done. His terrible mustache is bringing in the first de- Olympic. Debbie, you name it, he was brilliant. If you look up any list that is similar to this conversation that we're having right now, he is the top okay. on every list. So I, I picked him well because done. I actually really liked him in college. I really liked him. I thought he was quirky and fun, oh, and, but, but he was like a gamer, awful. right? Like he was one of those grubby gamer guys, and I thought, you know what? Maybe he's going to do it. He had some game. He went third yeah. overall. And I remember when I when I was playing in Augusta, he was actually in his rookie season at, playing in Charlotte, and we actually played against the Charlotte Checkers, and they played out of the Charlotte Hornets um, or Bobcats at the time, Charlotte Bobcats Arena, and he was all over the billboards in Charlotte. So when we'd pull into the Charlotte Bobcat that big arena, mug was right there. His like big stinky face was all over everywhere. So that's brutal. Anyway, that's my first pick. All right, my second pick? Your second pick. Okay, so I'm going to pick a guy that 
Every time I was in, you know, Florida area or in and around March break, it's always NCAA time. And I got so sick of hearing his name on Sports Center. And as soon as he would cross half, a line would come across half court and it was called Jimmer Range. And then all you heard of it was Jimmer, Jimmer, yes. Jimmer, uh, Jimmer for that. You drove me nuts and you inundated Sports Center for so long and everything was, well, Jimmer Range. And you would hear, um, uh, what, I can't. Pelt. Yeah, Scott, Jimmer Range. And then you like hit it, Jimmer Range. So, Jimmer Fredette, you are on the list. Good wow. pick. That is a good pick. Good I feel pick. bad for Jimmer. I feel like Jimmer never got a fair shake in the NBA. I, I agree. His no, defense was just so bad, though. I agree. Uh, all right. Oh, can I, I just want to mention one thing. So, he went 10th overall in the 2011 draft. He was drafted ahead of Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, and Jimmy Butler, and uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Yikes. That's a tough one. That's a tough and one. I don't even know if he's still playing in China right now, Jimmer. I don't know. Did he play last year? He, he played. COVID might have got I don't him. Know. I don't know. All right. Uh, I'm going one for JR. Number for, first overall pick for, for Webster in terms of NCAA studs that turned into duds. Simon says... Ooh. Miles Simon out of the oh, University of Arizona oh, oh, oh. had a huge, huge NCAA tournament. Uh, they went on to play Mike Bibby's, Mike Bibby's counterpart under Lute Olson's Arizona uh, oh, Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, played five NBA career games. He's a shooting coach wow. for the LA Lakers right now. Five NBA games. Yeah. That's it. Was that's that a Jim Nance call? Simon says championship. Simon says yeah, championship. Yeah. So I don't even know. If, I don't even know if he was actually drafted. I feel like he went undrafted. Uh, oh no, he did. No, he, he went did in, get drafted. Yeah. He went forty second overall in the second round. Yeah. But he was so good in that NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I thought his stock was on just through the roof. Uh, you thought he was going to be the next like big thing. Uh, I'm going Simon says for my first overall pick. Nice. Uh, second pick, we're going to snake it. This one's a tough one because there's so many really good names out there. There's one guy now. I can't believe it. Nobody said him. But I'm, I, I don't know if I'm thinking. I'm going to go with the first overall pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers in a short time ago. And it pains me to say yeah. it just because he's mm-hmm. a Canadian. Yeah. And I wanted good things for him. And even when he came to the Raps, I really wanted him to try and make a run of it. Mm-hmm. But I got to go with my boy, Anthony Bennett. I had him Sorry. on you're the first overall pick. Uh, I mean, you just you suck, dude. Sorry, yep. I got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing I can say about you. You just couldn't. You couldn't do it. Sorry, I had that's it. List too. Okay, uh, my next pick. Uh, there's a couple people that I'm looking at, but I have to go with this one because this was back. I don't know, back in maybe 2000 or so. Uh, it was from Michigan State. Uh, I have Mateen Cleaves. Good pick. Yeah, he's on my list. Do you remember Mateen Cleaves when he got hurt in the final and he was walking back? And Jim Nance, I think, too, he's like a championship fighter. You're like, he hurt his knee like barely. He's fine. And he's like coming back to the game. I got to go with Mateen Cleaves. And I heard that name many, many, many times during March Madness. And I don't, I think it was he a piston maybe? I'm not sure. But yeah, Mateen Cleaves. Seattle Supersonics. Yeah. Seattle Supersonics. Had a cup of coffee with the Seattle Supersonics. Yep. He did. He played uh, for four different teams in six NBA seasons, averaged three points per game and 1.9 rebounds per game. 14th Ooh. overall pick. He was one half of the Flintstones with Mo Pete. That's yep. right. He's from Flint. Peterson. He's just an, he's another guy. I feel like he just walked into a bad circumstance. Right? Yeah, and then he, he just he just never found the perfect fit. I can't believe this guy fell to me, but I got to go with NCAA champion 
National College Player of the Year, three-time All-American, four-time All-ACC, drafted 13th overall, averaged 6.7 points per game and four rebounds per game over seven seasons, and three NBA teams, Tyler Hansborough from North Carolina. I love that guy. He was a stud. He worked so hard. Crazy T. Yeah, I liked that guy. He was. He was a stud. He was awesome. Had a cup of coffee with the Raptors. He was a Raptor. He He totally was. I remember him. It's a good pick. He's on my list. He dominated in college, just just wasn't there in the NBA, right? No. Like he, yeah. you could say he was like a depth, like to 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 coin a term from hockey, like a fourth liner. But he just plays the game. I mean, he would have never ever been anything more than a bench player because offensively yeah. he didn't have the skill set. Right. Um, but he played super hard. He just, I mean, there was a couple instances where I think guys just thought he was soft. Yeah. I think I think it's one of those cases where he probably got in his head a little bit. Uh, and just lost all confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think he just, you know, I was trying to see in today's he, game, he wouldn't fit. I kind of thought maybe he could be like a David Lee, but he just never got there. No, David Lee was a way better outside shooter. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. He had Tyler Hansborough had no range. None. No. Yeah. All right. My last pick. You got her. All right. So this one's tough to say. So it's close to Wait, home. Wait, do I get a second pick? Do I have to pick again? Oh, you do. Oh, yeah. You go again. again. Yeah. You yeah. You go again. again. Sorry. Don't be. Stealing the deal there. Yeah, I was just hey. butt- buttoning in on you again. <laughs> I'm, I'm t- Good I, self-advocating skills today. You're, I'm getting, starting to stand up for yourself. I'm getting <laughs> pulled in a couple different directions here. I'm going to give some shout-outs after to a couple of shout-outs. But right now, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Bryce Drew from Ooh. Valparaiso. There's a name I haven't heard in a long Two-time time. MCC Player of the Year, 16th overall pick in the 98 draft, wow. author of The Shot. Where he drained that buzzer beater in the fi- uh, first round against Old Miss in the '98 tournament. Nice, true. Averaged 4.4 points per game and two assists per game in six NBA seasons with three teams. Bryce Drew. Wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. Okay, um, like I said, it's this one's tough to say, but you know what? It needs to be said. I have to go with our uh, my guy Jerry McNamara. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. As much as I love, I knew that basketball. was coming. I, I gotta say it. I mean, I love Scranton, PA. Got everyone has a soft spot for Scranton, PA. If you don't wake up, that's Biden's hometown. That's, that's Dwight Schrute. That's Dwight Schrute territory. <laughs> All those Big East tournament games where he was huge. Um, he's now an assistant coach. He's back home with Jim Behan. But I gotta go, Jerry McNamara, Syracuse Orangeman. Good pick. I knew you'd pick him, so I left him to you. Thank you. Wow. Well, there's a lot of Syracuse orange that I could pick off my list. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> yeah, uh, easy. I'm going to go, I think this one's kind of an obvious. When you're more uh, well-known for your class action suit against the NCAA <laughs> than <laughs> your MBA and NCAA careers, I think we got to go with Ed O'Bannon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and just, I mean, this guy was a stud in college. He won the Wooden Award for crying out loud. Uh, three time first team all Pac 10, third time all American, uh, consensus first team all American again. He just huge, huge run there for, for, uh, when they were in, what is that, early 90s? Yeah. Yeah. Big I mean, time. just again, one of those cases that were, he, he brought, he was the post wooden, uh, UCLA teams, right? Like when yep. UCLA started kind of mm-hmm. becoming relevant again, he was the guy. He was the guy, yep. And he, he only played two seasons in the NBA. Yeah. Wow. Did, like very dismal numbers, too, in two seasons. 
again, though, it's it's so hard in the NBA with oh. like where you just end up falling on the depth chart, right? It's just you got to be in the, the right spot, end of it right? Too. It's yeah. There's the business piece, but there's also yeah, fall into the right place and the right organization. Just like a lot, yeah, for yep. sure. Um, just a couple of shout outs to Hash- uh, Hashim Thibit. Honorable Every, mention. Honorable mention to UConn Husky. He was the second overall pick. He went ahead of Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, and J- and James Harden. Ooh. He averaged two points and two rebounds a game over five seasons with four teams. He had a hell of a run, though, in that NCAA. Oh, tournament. so yeah. Wasn't he there with Kemba? Yep. Yeah. He was a stud in those games. Yeah. Yep. You know what was the name I added one? Stromile Swift. Yeah. Yep. He was on my list, Remember too. Remember that guy in yep. college? I kept hearing about him, too. And yep. ESPN, Stromile Swift. He had Fab a bit of an Mello. NBA career, but not like what he... Fab Mello. That's a, yeah. Uh, Dewan Wagner was another guy. He was kind of before LeBron. He was the most prolific scorer in high school basketball history. He had 100 Juan, points. One Juan game. Dixon was another one for me. Out of yeah, Juan Dixon was Was it Maryland one. or was it... Uh, I had to look that up. He I went thought not, it was Maryland. He went in the same draft, I think, too. Uh, I also had Trajan Langdon. Your boy. Hey. Yeah, I like Trajan Langdon, but... Um, and he was, you know, the Alaskan assassin. I actually saw him play when I was over in, in Belgrade. He was playing for CSKA Moscow. And he was a stud over in those. Like, he, he did really well in Europe, but, like, he just, I think he just kind of got into a tough spot in Cleveland, I think, drafted him. And he was playing behind, like, Mark Price and a couple other guys. Like, there, he had some guys ahead of him on the mm-hmm. depth chart, too. It was a tough Tough spot for him. Eric Montross, remember Eric Montross? Yeah, I had him on there. I like, oh, had yeah. him on my he list. He played a longer NBA career than you think, though. Yeah, he did. He had a sneak. He had a depth I, guy. Yeah, he, he lasted a lot longer than you thought he would. Khalid Alamin. <laughs> I had him on my list. <laughs> yep. Michael Olo Candy. I had him on there. The candy man. And uh, Harold Miner. I had his rookie card, and I thought it was going to be, because he was, they call him Baby Jordan, right? Yeah. Oh, he, he won a couple dunker. Gun, remember he the won dunk a couple bump dunk contests, but That's his right. career was, he played four NBA seasons. But won two dunk contests. How funny is that? He's mm. kind of like that guy from Miami that won the dunk contest this year. Damon Jones. I don't even think he played a minute in the playoffs. No. Yeah. No. So, interesting stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to uh, check us out on all social media platforms. You can follow us at on Twitter at Big League Flicks and on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. Uh, so, don't forget to check us out. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Comb your hair. <laughs> <laughs>